Have you guys noticed that you can't go anywhere without seeing designer this or designer that, even designer furniture? On my social feeds and celebrity homes, it's everywhere. Have you seen how expensive these are? Well, if you want the sofa or recliner or bed that broke the internet, you don't have to go broke to get it. Because Designer Looks Furniture has all the same styles and trends, but without the designer prices. Oh, and they're well-made, too. It's the whole package. Check them out. Designer Looks at Value City Furniture or designerlooks.com. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that... That's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. From coast to coast, border to border, and around the world, you're going online with Bill Alexander. Laugh and learn while you listen to a brilliant display of radio. Online. Online. With Bill Alexander. Bill Alexander. Hi, everyone. Yours truly, William Eric Alexander. All my friends call me Bill, and you're online with Bill Alexander here on WMCK.FM, also on MTRI.CO.UK, Mixtape Radio National, Steel.FM, WLDJFM 107.5. We're also on 99.1 FM, Radio Rehoboth, RadioRehoboth.com. Hope everything's going fine for you on this uh, Monday night as we record live high atop High Street in Brownsville, Pennsylvania. We have a guest coming in this evening. And the interesting part about this guest is I had the opportunity to talk to him about 19 years ago, I guess it was, when he wrote a book. And the book is entitled The King of Novelty by... And it's by his son, John Goodman, but it was about the King of Novelty himself, Dickie Goodman. Dickie's going to be, or uh, John's going to be on the phone with us this evening, and we're waiting for him to call in right now. But until we do that, let me refresh your memory on what his dad did in the late 50s. This actually started the whole novelty kick in the United States and around the world. Here is Flying Saucer Part 1 here online with yours truly. Bill Alexander. We interrupt this record to bring you a special bulletin. The reports of a flying saucer hovering over the city have been confirmed. The flying saucers are real. That was the Clatters recording. Too real. We switch you now to our on-the-spot reporter downtown. Come on, baby, let's go downtown. Take it away, John Cameron Cameron. Uh, this is John Cameron Cameron downtown. Uh, pardon me, madam, would you tell our audience what would you do if the saucer were to land? Duck, duck in the air! Thank you. 
And now the thin gentleman there. What I'm gonna do is hard to tell. Uh, the gentleman with the guitar, what would you do, sir? Take a walk down the street. Thank you. We return you now. was the Pelican's Outer Space recording Earth. I've just been handed a bulletin. The flying saucer has just landed. We switch you again downtown. Uh, here we are again. We have with us Professor Sir Cedric Fentingmold of the British Institute. And the professor is approaching a saucer to see if there's possibly any sign of life aboard. Well, I'm sure something. Are you there? I hear you now. That was Lapping Lewis's record, Knocking. This is John Cameron Cameron on the spot. And now I believe we're about to hear the words of the first spaceman ever to land on Earth. Oh, bam, boom, bam, bam, boom. And now here are the ball scores. Four to three, six to two, and eight to one. The impact of seeing the first spaceman has this reporter reeling. Here I go. That was the Clatters again, with their big one, uh-oh. This is John Cameron Cameron again downtown. The spaceman has returned to his ship and is taking off. We return you now to our studios. The flying saucer has gone. There is no threat of an invasion. However, the flying saucers are still around. So now you remember what the song is or what the novelty record is. Well, guess what? He did a new volume two or part two of the song. <laughs> and this is Flying Saucer Part 2 2020. I think you might get a kick out of it. We are not going to interrupt this record. Yes, we are. The flying saucer has landed again. Washington, the Secretary of Defense has just said... I'm ready for whatever it takes. This is John Cameron Cameron Part 2. Gathered around me are several of the spacemen. Tell us, have you come to conquer the world? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now would you repeat that in English? We return you now to our studios. Here is a news item from Washington. The president has just issued a statement to the spacemen. We're going to be signing national emergency, and we are going to have the Space Force. We switch you again downtown. This is John Cameron Cameron downtown. Uh, Professor Cedric of the British Institute, tell us, uh, how were the saucers able to land? Uh, this is John Cameron Cameron again. I believe the spaceman has a final parting word. So won't you ride with me, ride with me, see where this thing goes. We return you now to our studios. The spacemen have gone again, but look to the skies. The saucers will always be there. It's the Goodbye, <laughs> Earth.
people. Flying Saucer Part 2, as I call it now, 2020. On the phone line right now, we have John Goodman. John, how are you doing on this Monday evening? I'm hanging in there. <laughs> I, I, I haven't had anybody show up to to storm my castle yet, so I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad to hear it. As I told the audience when I uh, started the program this evening, the last time you and I talked was about 19 years ago when you actually wrote the book about your dad, The King of Novelty. And um, when I when I realized that you did another version of Flying Saucer Part 2 and actually updated it, I thought that was really interesting. What made you dig out all the old stuff and do a new version of it? I, I um for one thing I wanted to do it where uh where where he's the one on the record you know him and Bill Buchanan and and um because I tried a couple of times in the past with, with just myself but I figured well you know maybe they 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 want Dickie Goodman right so, so that's what I did and then of course you know what what happened was you had when Trump first ran for office. I, I I knew right then. I said, "This is the one. This is the one. <laughs> this is the one to do it." But yet, I did do it because it just seemed so. It seemed like such a reality show to me at right. that time that 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 I just couldn't take it seriously enough. I like I I couldn't wrap my head around it, and and, and so now, with, with you know, with everything going on, you know, now it's even more of, of we're living in a reality show now. What I, and, but, but yeah. what I thought was really interesting about it is is that I listened to uh, the original one and two earlier this evening, and you basically recut number two, didn't you, with, with, with all the yeah, new music yeah. in it. And it was like, wow, you were able to use everything your dad said, and it was seamless. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it's amazing. You can, you can, you can do that. He, he did so many records on on so many different things for a, for a long time. I was even able to use the ones with with current presidents in them. Yeah, which which again is just which amazing. Now, what when did your father pass away? In nineteen eighty nine. Okay, so the last thing he did was uh, what was it, Mister President, nineteen eighty one? He that might. That might be, you know what? He, he no, he he did was was well. I know he did like a, a that was probably it. He did election. Okay. 80, I think he he had he had the thing is he had uh, George Bush Senior at, at, at some point, you know, in one of his records, and so I was able to do the George Bush Junior record. You know, it was it's just it's and then even without that, his stuff is timeless. Yeah. Because it's. For some reason, it's it's like as an example, uh, you know, all of the records that he did with Cold War era stuff with Russia. Yes, you could take one of those right now, and it makes just as much sense, if not more so, now because what's still in the news? Russia, Russia, Russia. We we get it all. Yeah. So with all the stuff that you're that you're um, that you did part two with. Um, do you have to go out and get the rights for the music that you're um, substituting in, or is or or do you not need to worry about that? So, so typically, they're not they're not coming after you unless unless there's some money for them. Okay. If, the money, if, it's, a, if, it's, a, 
funny. Well, if it's it, he said the the roaches come out of the woodwork. <laughs> but and then and then you've got all the different rights societies, and, and so a lot of this stuff is automated now. With that. right. So as an example, uh, uh, if it goes, if there's something on YouTube, the YouTube has the algorithms to automatically, you know, and then there's that metadata, you know, the embedded data in in the digital stream, and and YouTube knows who to assign what to automatically, and that's that's actually the most common thing, you know. And it's and it's with all of them. It goes to all of them. You're, the the ones now, whatever, Spotify and Pandora or or Apple Music, whatever. It's all, it's pretty much all done automatically anyway with with the with the algorithms. So, Flying Saucer Part One and Two re- was released in 1956, and it actually hit the chart, and it was actually number three for a while. Correct. Yeah, well, you don't say number three around Dickie Goodman. <laughs> yeah, he's no, it's number one. He had the same, the same kind of thing would would happen with um, whether it was you know it was always this thing where, where there were other uh, music charts. So at the time, it, it, didn't, it wasn't just Billboard yet. It cash box, right? You know, there were all the Vanity Fair or, or Variety or 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 your your hit parade and record world were many charts at the time before you know this era we're in now suddenly it's for some reason apparently now monopolies are okay and so one company could be the be all and end all of all things and it's and it's whatever business it's in but but back then you, you didn't it was you didn't have a monopoly you actually had various independent companies doing various so, so he he was number one in all the charts, other than the one that says he's number three. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, how many songs did your dad actually do? Oh, he, he, over three hundred. Wow. And yeah, yes. And he did. He actually uh, sang on some of those. Correct. It wasn't just the talking. Right, right. In other words, when I say over 300, I mean like his full body of okay. work. Uh, many, many, and the majority are uh, are breaking records, not not the novelty records. But he did a lot where where he was where he was singing, and, and, and in fact, it's it's sort of just coming into its own now. The, the original songs that he did, I've got a, like like two Halloween albums of his out. And, 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 and it's just sort of coming it, it, that, that's, it's coming around now where that's getting a lot of airplay during Halloween time as we do which is, which is very interesting to me because the, the, the society that we live in right now especially the whole thing with, with the pandemic with the Trump presidency and everything else novelty songs have actually become popular again and are you noticing that p- more people are finding your dad's work because of that? It, it may be. I, I, um, I've, I've done a, a few appearances here and there, you know, guest hosting in like Sirius XM. Okay. And, and, and people, people just love the stuff. And, and I, there was one, one, one of my nights there, I, was, I forget which channel, the 50s channel, 60s channel. And it must have been the 60s channel. And, and he said in, in the... And there was a, a Lou Simon. He says something about, he said, you know, because we play these, you know, we 60s music, whatever. It's too bad he's, 
your dad never did anything with the Beatles. I said, yes, he did. Frankenstein meets the Beatles. Yeah. And he said, he did? Yeah. I said, Frankenstein meets the Beatles. There was a Dickie Goodman record on everything. Well, when you go in and you type in Dickie Goodman's name into YouTube now, I mean, it brings up, I mean, it brings up Star Wars, it brings up Jaws, it brings up the Energy Crisis, Batman and his grandmother, which is one of my favorites. It brings up his Watergate, uh, Rocky. I mean, the Touchables. I mean, you can just keep going on and on because he did one, like you said, for pretty much anything that was going on that was popular in society at that time, correct? Right. You know, so so if he was, he would have done, he would have had, like I said, he would have had the, the, that, the first elect, the election with Trump. He would have done stuff during that period of time. He would have done the impeachment. He, he would have done, done something with all of this uh, crazy crisis and epidemics and whatever that's going on now. He, he would have just been doing them and doing them and just keep doing them, yeah. So when he got into the industry, did he ever think he was going to do novelty? Or did he think he was going to actually have a, a, a singing career? He, uh, when he, he and Bill Buchanan were buddies and they, they were doing uh, they, they were doing like serious songwriting okay and, 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 and selling songs and stuff out of the, the Brill building in Manhattan doing music publishing there was just uh, they, they were both uh, he, he was writing and he was even at, also he was, he was writing comedy and songs and and there were there were you know, uh, you know like famous comedians of the day he, he, he pitches his comedy to and then other big uh, uh, songs, uh, uh, bands, and whatever singers say his songs, and and the, but this the this happened by accident. This this aspect of it with with the with the novelty record, the breaking the flying saucer, happened by accident. He grew up in like the era that was really prime for, and it's back again. It was really prime for the whole UFO thing, right? You know, in in fifty. In 52, for example, which would have been while he was in, in high school, uh, you, you had flying saucers over the White House. Yes. And, you know, people these days, they don't even, they're kind of oblivious to it. But the, but the, the whole flying saucer thing, uh, there have been plenty of stuff throughout our history. You know, when every newspaper in the country said flying saucers over the White House, that, that's it. That, there you have it right there. <laughs> you know, what do you, what, what do you mean? Because... I think, I mean, especially like you mentioned with the president we have right now, there's probably a few that you could recut and make them more timely with this because a lot of the things we're seeing, like you said, the Cold War, even the flying saucers with the president's new space force that he's dealing with, which you did put in uh, flying saucer too. Uh, again, it, it's just so ridiculous, but yet it's actually happening again. Yeah, it, it, it's unbelievable, and and you know the the only thing I you know I wish I wish I was as talented and prolific as him, but 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 when you're gonna do something like that, it's like you gotta feel like the, the motivation and the creativity. Right. He was just pumping things out. He always, he, you know, he's he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most comedy hits. Like oh wow! You say to yourself, okay. 
Yeah, just 17 charted hits. So if you were to say, you know, uh, and, it, and it was listed the way Guinness, Guinness picked it up, was out of Billboard. Billboard had finally recognized it. And, and if you were to say, you know, well, who's got the most, Comedy or novelty hits? Who would you name? Adam Sandler or 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 Weird Al Yankovic, right. or whoever you might think of. No one would even realize it's Dickie Goodman. That that's impressive because I don't think I would have realized it. Actually, I didn't realize how how large his body of work was until recently. Now the stuff that's on YouTube are you are is it everything that you put out on your dad or is other people doing it? And are you able to get any um, royalty rights off this stuff? Well, so the, uh, the the stuff that people are putting on YouTube, it, it, it's the fans, right? And I, I've always like, uh, like I, I don't bother the fans. I, I feel like okay, they're just helping to keep it alive. Okay. So wh- whether or not I'm making anything off of it or not, it, you know, it, it was always been more important to me that it. I'm just glad to see that it, it's going. I do what little I can do to perpetuate it, to try and reintroduce it to, 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 a, to the next generation or what have you. But uh, but but there's always been uh, this this fan base that just never goes away. It's amazing that they stuff regularly on and say you know because you went through all these stages of the radio and record industry changing. So, so that they're still playing it today on satellite radio, right. for example, or that, or that it's still available today on, on digital, you know, digital music, you know, uh, streaming, which was, you know, before that the tr- was, was downloads and, and before that was a CD and, and you know, it's because the vinyl had stopped and, and now even vinyl's back. Yes. I would. I think. I think you could actually do something with that, because I think it's really interesting. Because we have a big uh, people, especially my age, have a, a a nostalgia kick going on in the country now because of everything that's going on around us that we're trying to grasp onto our youth. Because I mean, I wasn't even thought of when your dad did uh, uh, Flying Saucer one and two, but when he did Watergate. I was eight years old at the time, so I remember that. So it's the whole idea of being able to 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 put that together because it was all unique, and we didn't really hear it on radio at the time. If you did, you heard it on a morning show, maybe on AM radio. But I think now, if you would release it again, you would have a new audience for it. Now, when you did the new version of the song, do you have all the all the uh, tracks that your dad did, or did you have to go back into Flying Saucer Part Two and recut it with the new music? Yeah, so so I I, I took, took his original, uh, you know, took, took the master for, for Flying Saucer Part Two, and and I I'm the one I, you know I actually did it myself. But back, back in the day, you used to have to go into studios. But, but now, you know, home, home computers, you know, you, you, if you've got a good enough program and, and so on. And, and I actually did it myself. I put in the, 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 new, the new stuff. Which is actually, because like I said, it's seamless. You don't realize, unless you knew the original and you heard that for the first time, you would honestly believe that it was just done. The only reference that I don't know if anybody's going to get unless they're old like me 
is the comment of who uh, uh, John Cameron Cameron, which was the takeoff of John Cameron Swayze. But again, you have to understand that. Right, right. It, you know, it's got a, a historical, at least in my opinion, historical significance to it. And and someone just is hearing it for the first time, it, it, you know, it, it, it sounds funny or cute or whatever and entertaining. But but uh, but but you can pick up on 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 what 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 you know what's what's behind it. What's what, what's in right. there? You know, he 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 would do that. And 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 in the flying saucer, he actually has it. The part where where the alien uh, speaks, the alien comes out of the ship and, and, and speaks or whatever. That's actually uh, the words "Secretary of Defense" played backwards because at that time I didn't realize the that. Secretary of yeah, he, he's the first one who ever did that. The backwards hidden message, uh-huh. and and at, at the at the time, the, the Secretary of Defense was actually the inventor. Of, of the philosophy of mutual assured destruction. Okay. That, that, if, that if we have so many nukes, and Russia has so many nukes, that we won't go to war because we would both be wiped out. And that was the Secretary of Defense at the time who came up with that philosophy or theory or whatever. And so he's got that little hidden thing in there. Is it really about the aliens are going to get us? Or are we getting ourselves or what? Right. So... With, with 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 all the the work that your dad did, when him and and Buchanan got together, was again as you said, this was an accident. But how how did they get the idea of clipping songs up and doing a dialogue with it, and then putting the songs in between it? So 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 uh, so so basically, the, the story that my father would tell is that he was he was he was he was just just walking down the street. And, and, and it, 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 you know, the, this UFO stuff or flying saucer stuff had been in the news and whatnot. And, and he thought, uh, and he just had the thought of, you know, what if the, uh, you know, the, the news was, was talking about the, the, the aliens. And he just, he, and he thought it's just too real that the, the line <laughs> from the platters was just playing in his head. It's just too real. And, and that's where he it, it, it rolled on from there, he, where he got the idea for it. And then, you know, the the other thing is, too, about it, he, um, he's one of very few, you know, music artists who made, like, like a 20-year comeback where, where, you know, he had Flying Saucer, and then he didn't have another, you know, number one hit again for, for 20 years, and he came back with Mr. Jaws. Right. When, when Jaws was in the um, I, 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 like I said, I have the book in my hand. I'm looking at it, and I pulled a piece of paper, which I did not know I still had this, out of the book, and it was a fact sheet that you sent me. And it's interesting because I did not realize this, or I don't remember it, that your dad was sued by 17 labels for using samples of their songs. Yeah, yeah. So, so he had that groundbreaking kind of... Uh case involving uh samples where it was the first time ever that was a thing and and and, um they sued him for copyright infringement but but the judge uh, listened to the record and he and decided and was swayed by the actual the 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 record itself and he he said no he said uh he said that you created a new work 
Okay. And and so yeah, and so and so then just based on that, then then whatever uh, they had to really come up with with something like like this, the different entities that do like the do like the um, the fractionalized uh, uh, you know like royalties or whatever that where they can. They could do the percentages of, of, of everything. Right. They, 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 and they've been doing it ever since. But it came back around again where these days now, if you have a one big artist wants to use one other big artist sample, you know, they get like half of the, you know, the whole thing just for the one sample because they're all highfalutin now. You know, they're all, <laughs> you know, they all got they're all billionaires or whatever. Right. So... And also in this, and I also don't remember talking to you about this, but your dad was nominated, was the was uh, inducted in the Muse- Museum of Television and Radio. The Museum of de- is, is that what it says? Timely talk with <laughs> Dickie Goodman will be this year's first inductee into the Museum of Television and Radio. That's amazing! <laughs> wow. That was from That's February incredible. February of two thousand and one. <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm late for the party. That's pretty bad. You I don't even know yourself. I, yeah, who knows? It, it, well, this is how I find everything out from fans or whatnot. I mean, the stuff I know certain things. I like like the the, Gra- the Grammy story. Like he got so it's like backwards. So he got the gold record. He got a gold record for Mr. Jaws, right? But he never got one for the Flying Saucer, and and so I contacted the RIAA, and they're like, "Well, you have to prove the sales." And uh, I was like, "Oh, from who? From Morris Levy? I'm sure. I'm sure he kept some some really good <laughs> books. The, the King of the Payola Scandal, right? Yeah, he did some good records. <laughs> I can prove, you know. And then, but but." Yeah, so, so I, I tried, you know, made the effort. So Rhino put out a, a, a CD release and, and, and won a Grammy. And, 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 and as a result, because Flying Saucer was on there, I was finally able to get him a, a, a posthumous a Grammy. Okay. And we, we got him the Grammy for, for the Flying Saucer. Because the Grammys didn't even exist when the Flying Saucer came out. Well, they have. So they, <laughs> Canada gave him a Grammy, a Canadian Grammy, a Juno Award. Oh, that's interesting. So, yeah, yeah. So, so see, I know about a couple of them. <laughs> hey, John, I got to step away for a brief break. We'll be we'll be back with you in just a second. You're listening to Online with Bill Alexander on the phone line right now. We have John Goodman, the son of Dickie Goodman, back in just a second. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. If you've been a renter, you know it's stressful to find the perfect place. But Zillow Rentals make it easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find a rental that's big enough for entertaining your friends, but small enough they won't crash all weekend. Find your sweet spot on ZillowRentals.com.
Online with Bill Alexander is on WMCK.FM McKeesport, Mixtape Radio International at MTRI.co.uk, 991RadioRehoboth.com, Awakens.eu, SteelFM.org, and 107.5 FM, WLDJ, Newcastle. It's pretty bad when you're the last to know. <laughs> on the phone line right now, we have John Goodman here online with Bill Alexander. Um, we were talking about John's uh, dad's awards that he received. Other than the Grammy and the Juno and everything else, um, has his music been translated around the world, or is it just done in English? Oh, yeah, it is. It's absolutely uh, a worldwide thing, totally international. You know, when, when for example, uh, when, uh, when Mr. Jaws, I mean, this is still going to be an English example, but, but when Mr. Jaws was, was also uh, a, a big hit in the U.K., okay. in Great Britain, and, and, and kids, and, and I've gotten lots of stories like uh, – Famous producers and things, and the music business. Was it Celine Dion's producer or something? Told me one time we were at some kind of a Maris meeting, or whatever. And and he, and he said he said when he was a kid, he uh, uh, he got in trouble taking a radio to school, so so he and all his friends could, could hear Mr. Jaws. But yeah, whether it's Japan. Or, or China, for that matter, it's just all over the all over the world. When they do it in other languages, do they have to change the music selections, or they keep them the same? No, that part, that part, they, they keep the. What they what they're doing is they're, they're actually playing the recording as it is. Okay, because that's what yeah, I, I was yeah, just curious about. Yeah, as is, as just the way it is. Because yeah, I, I yeah, couldn't yeah. imagine trying to translate that in many different languages. They'd have to just do it. Right. And, uh, and, and, it, and it's not, apparently it's unnecessary. It's a universal language, just like the aliens. That's amazing. That really is. That uh, he, was able, he, was able, he was able to do that. So when he, how old was he when, it, when Flying Saucer 1 and 2 actually uh, was made? He was 21. He was 21 wow. with, with the Flying Saucer, yeah. And and, and at the time, he, he did a he, – he was, like, on Bandstand with Dick Clark and these different shows. It was some other – I think the guy is – was a Perry Mason had his own show or something. If I'm saying that name right, I don't even know. There were, that would have been – That would have Lawrence been Raymond Burr Welk. or Lawrence Welk, okay. That, yeah, Lawrence Welk and, and – I, I might, yeah, but he was on all, all of those programs and for one of the programs, and they couldn't figure out. And that's really where you know I, I always say it's like 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 that that song, the video killed the radio star. They could never figure out. Well, how do you do that? You can't perform it live, you know. So for making a, you know visual appearances, it was always difficult. And one of those shows, they did. Uh, uh, they tried to do like little puppets. Oh, I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he tried to out the record, yeah. and he said after the, after the after the thing, he said, "Well, how did we do, Mister Welk or whoever? Why, you know?" And he said, "He said, oh, it was just terrible." It went just terrible. I I yeah. I do remember that, and it, it 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 wasn't very good because the guys operating the puppets couldn't do it. I mean, they couldn't make the mouths move. 
is what it was, and it just yes, didn't sir. work. Oh, that is so funny. Hey, I forgot so, about that. Yeah, I always say, you know, if you stuck around slow, because these days now you got the CGI, you know, and, and all, all forget about, you know, aside from animation, you, you, the CGI, these days, you know, you could have probably do something uh, like that now. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a thing. You're probably just have to what we got. Yeah, you're you're probably right. I also didn't know that he did a version called Charlie's Devils too, a parody of Charlie's Angels. Yeah, Char- Charlie's Angels. He, he did um, you know, all of the shows, all of the movies, all of the political scandals. You know, if there was some kind of crisis, energy crisis, something going on in the country. He, he, he did something on everything. So, have you thought about redoing any of the ones, uh, any of the other ones that he's done, that you can make them timely for today? Well, I, I've thought about uh, actually. What I've, what I've actually thought about doing is the next time I do one, because it's been a while. Uh, is uh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll actually go ahead and. I put myself on it. The next time I've kind of made up my mind. Next time I do one, I'll go ahead and do it with my own my own voice. Okay. Yeah. Um. Now the other thing you said you were on um, Sirius XM. Have they had you on the on the air as a guest, or have you actually hosted your own program? Yeah. So they, they've had me um, as a guest host uh, a number of times. And every time I do, you know, because I'm just, you know, I do it. Every time I do I say, you know what, I can do this all the time. <laughs> I can have just a Dickie Goodman show. And then and they'll say, well, yeah, but how many records does he do? And he's done a lot of records, but, but that doesn't matter. It'll never get, you'll never run out of material. Trust right. Me. You got Trump as the president. You got, <laughs> you got whatever, the taking over the world with a virus, blah, blah, blah. There's always something crazy going on. And, and, and there's always something that you, you can never run out of Dickie Goodman stuff. I, I think it would be hilarious. I mean, I'm surprised that you haven't come up and created your own podcast and you do you do uh, one a month or one a week or whatever it would be because I think you'd really have an audience out there. I know, right? But you know what Dickie Goodman always said? He said, you got to get the money up front. That's true. That's very true. you got to get money up front. You can't do it for free. That's one thing I haven't yeah. learned yet. But anyhow, <laughs> um, now I just find it fascinating that that there is interest again in your dad's work. Like I said, you and I talked 19 years ago, and there was interest then. And 2020, there's interest now, and it will be interesting to see if you do other stuff, if that interest will continue going. Because I think your dad had a timely um, appeal that a lot of people may have not understood then, but now they're really understanding where he was coming from. Yeah. You know, I, I, I would, I, I would love nothing more. My, my, always, my thing always was that, that I always felt or always thought that, you know, if I could just have one of my own versions of his right. become, uh, you know, be, be successful, then, then that would be just a big resurgence kind of thing that I've always dreamed about, blah, blah, blah. And, 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 and so that's, you know, I, I, I keep doing them, keep doing them. And, and so after a while, I thought, well, is it just an ego or what is it? You know, maybe I should back off. For a while. So now I only do it when I really 
feel uh, uh, compelled, you know, if, if enough to do it. And, and and sometimes you hesitate. Like the stuff that's going on now is crazy and insane. That right. it is. It's also tragic. Right. It's tragic. Right. And so, so as an example, you know, like when nine eleven happened, I thought, well, you know, I gave thought. You know, I thought, well, would would he have done something on this? It's, because it was tragic. Right. Know? And, and, and I and so the real answer is I don't know if he would do something on something tragic. He did it on some pretty big scandals and things, crises that were happening. But uh, but I'd have to I'd have to say that, uh, that some of the tragic stuff came later. You know, the, the stuff that, that we've seen in our modern era. Do you think that he was able to get away with some of the stuff that he did? because of the way society was at that time? Because there's a few things now that were done in the 70s that, that no one could ever redo again. There's TV programs they could never remake again. And do you think it was just because it was a different time and maybe people were either more tolerant or or not, but they were able to, they had, they had a thicker skin than what they have now? No, that's an excellent question. Uh, thank you for that. I, I, because I have an answer. All right. I, I um, so so it, it, I think it was more about the way he did it. The way he did it was neutral. Right. It wasn't taking one side or another. It was right up the middle. And you and, and, and so it wasn't offensive. It was just there for you to 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 like or not like or laugh at or whatever. And 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 and, and so the irony of that is, if you take a look at the media these days. Nothing is up the middle. Everything is on one side or the other now. They lead every headline telling you what you're supposed to think. Good point, you yeah. Know, and what, and what, what, they've already made a judgment about something, and that's preposterous the way they do it now. And and is we really more along the lines of the way they did it then? The, the news media back then, I mean, like, what is it? FDR, no, no one knew FDR was in a wheelchair because the media was being respectful. And just you know, took the picture of his upper uh, upper torso, and, and, and things of that nature. They were being that, whether or not that that was overboard or, uh, respectful. I, I is the point. It's just it's just they weren't they weren't attacking a, 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 a president necessarily. They they would say what's going on, and and, and you figure it out. You know, right. your own opinion. The the other thing that. Um... I wonder about when you when you talk about your dad's work is that if he was still alive today would he be able to would do you think he would actually be still doing something like this because of the way social media is now would he be making fun of social media would he be making fun of Facebook would he be making fun of Twitter I mean how would your dad handle what, what we're question. dealing with today He'd be having a field day. You're so right, and he would have so many additional ways of getting it out there. You know, I've always said, you know, just much in the same way. You know, like a Howard Stern went on to become such a huge radio success. I feel like I, I, I had been thinking, you know, Dickie Goodman could have done that. He could have gone on to become a great big uh, radio personality. But what you just and like you just said even before about, about a podcast, what right. have you? There's, there's no doubt there be that even now he could even even being old he could still be doing 
uh, you know, the, the, these, these records on, on all kinds of things. I just think there's so much out there. Now, I did, when you were talking a while ago, I was looking something up, and it says that the last recording that your dad did was from 1987, and it was called the Safe Sex Report. Yeah, yeah I said that would have been the, yeah, the very last, that yeah, that would have been it, the very last breaking record that, that, he, that he did. And so, and that's a good thing, because you're sort of answering the question. Because uh, that that was that was about AIDS, really. That was during Reagan and the AIDS epidemic, right? And it was, again, so there's a tragic thing. And he did safe sex report. So, but it's interesting, you know that that the, you know I, I would almost have to say it's sort of like a sign of times. It, it's as if things things didn't get any better since AIDS, right? You know? <laughs> now everybody. Everybody's walking around with a mask. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So the, the, it didn't get any better. Do you think yeah. your dad's music helped us make fun or light of a situation like the energy crisis, like Watergate, and actually that helped us get through those time periods? Oh, absolutely. You know, your com- comic, again, it, it's a difference between a then and a now kind of thing. Because you, you always needed the comic relief, and yet the comic relief was back then was of a kinder, gentler era. The comic relief didn't have to, you know, do any character assassination, and and then think, act as if it's funny. Like now, I mean, you can't even stomach Saturday Night. I love Saturday Night Live, but if the whole show is dedicated. To, to character assassination of, of your sitting president. Right. That's just not funny anymore. Right. It's just not sorry. Not funny. It's just, uh, it's, it's propaganda is what it is at that point. And, 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 and so, and so it was, I think it was, I think, I think in general, uh, back then, your, your comedy and everything was, 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 uh, was, was more, was, was just friendlier. I think another one, if you ever get a chance to do, which I think is a classic, is your dad's Russian bandstand from 1959. Uh, <laughs> that that you could do that one today. I think that would actually go over very well. I think that would be a. Uh, I, oh, I love it. It, it is. I, I love that. <laughs> I love it, and, and, and I see no reason whatsoever. As is, you could take that song right now. As is. And if they just suddenly played that on radio stations across America, I guarantee you it would be overwhelmed with with requests and things to hear it again. What was that? I guarantee it. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah. Yeah. I guarantee it, too. But again, just looking at his body of work and those of you that are listening to the program, just go on YouTube and type in Dickie Goodman. I mean, it brings up everything. And there's so much out there that, like you said, you probably could get away with doing again. From speaking of the ecology to um, inflation to pretty much anything that was going on in the 70s. Well, there you go. Speaking, yes, yeah, speaking of ecology, there you go. What do they have now? What the, the global climate crisis mm-hmm. and the green new and the green new deal, right? Right. So, so and everybody, th- everybody thinks this is new. This isn't new. They were talking about the world coming to an end back in the 
That's exactly right. And I think have okay, so let me let me move to your career now. Have you done your own version of your dad's stuff or done your your stuff that you've used your voice that actually has hit the airwaves or even hit the internet? Yeah, I did uh, a couple of a couple of times. Yeah, I did. Um, I did something for remember Y2K Millennium Bug. I did uh, for the year 2000. They were saying that was going to be the end of the world. Right. I did another one for for 2012 again. They said 2012 was going to be the end of the world. So I did one with that. Um, and and I did a, a couple of the uh, elections. I did I did the election with Obama because that was significant African American president scenario and what have you. You know, so, so for different things from time to time, I've, I've done a few, and, and and they've always gotten a little bit of attention. Um, but 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 again, you know, it, there's a big difference between that and, and a hit record. A hit right. record, it's like getting hit by lightning, or you know, or winning the lottery. It's just, the, the odds are really against it. You know, if you listen to the radio, and they're playing, you know, whatever grouping of hits over, you know. They're playing 20 songs over and over and over and over and over and over. But meanwhile, there's a million people out there who've got, you know, you know, great works of, of art, you know, audio uh, and music recordings. And, you know, it's just like on SoundCloud or, right. or, or YouTube, for example. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, do you think whenever your dad's and your dad and uh, Buchanan did this, that all the stars were aligned at that one time, that this was the time these types of songs were going to be a hit because you had a new, you had a new um, music format of rock and roll that was in its infancy. You had what your dad was doing. And we also had the whole idea of the space race in the late fifties. Do you think if your dad was performing today for the first time, do you think his career would have taken off the way it did then? I, I think I think you're right about the stars aligned. I also think that you had a, 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 you know George Goldner, Morris Levy, Alan Freed, um, you know the, the, the Winds Radio, and and not to mention supposedly I just heard a thing the other day listening to a radio interview, and something new to me was because, you know, with Morris Levy with the payola, I heard a thing the other day where at the time that the CIA had an operative in there involved in that payola scandal, too. Okay. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> maybe, maybe, he a, maybe he was a hit because of the CIA. Maybe he's a secret operative. <laughs> you never know. Could, could be. The aliens, CIA, the men in black. There you go. <laughs> I mean, hey, anything's possible. But again, I think there's a lot of music out there that people need to find. Now, of all the stuff that your father recorded, do you have a favorite? You know, my, my uh, I, I, I have a really gotten into lately is the Star Wars one because... With the Star Wars one, it was not a hit. Okay. It was like a, you know, a, it was a flop. But but he's got this line in there uh, that just cracks, that actually makes me laugh. It actually causes me to giggle. And he's got the line in there, and he keeps, he, he keeps saying it over and over again. He goes, something's about to happen to Luke, but wait, the Force. And then... And then 
And then, and, and what is it? Oh, it's, uh, what's the song? You, maybe you know this is the song. Maybe you know who it's by. It goes, he goes, I'm in you. I'm in you. You're in me. I'm in you. I don't, I, 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 I don't know who the who the artist is. Uh-huh. But, but he goes, wait, the force. I'm in you. And every, every time he plays, I'm in you. And it just like, it cracks me up. Because, because that... I'm in you, because that's what that really was was all about anyway, the George Lucas thing. With the Force, it was all about this new age spiritual stuff put into a science fiction movie. Right. Who knew? That's true. I never thought of that that way before. Um, But again... Uh, John, I really appreciate you taking time to be on the program tonight. <laughs> I mean, we haven't talked in 19 know, years, yeah. and it's and it's like we've we've picked up where we left the last time I talked to you. Unfortunately, there's no tapes yeah, of the yeah. last time I talked to you, but still, um, very enjoyable. And I wish you all the best. And I hope if you do have anything come out, please get in touch with me because I'd love to have you back on the program again, and we can talk about it. Yeah, thank you. This is now I'm all excited. I won't even I won't even be able to sleep tonight. It got me all worked up. This is great. And and I still gotta celebrate that he won the National Museum of Music thing you told me. Yeah, about. well here let, let me make sure that I have it right so you can you can uh, write this down. That in nineteen ninety or excuse me, in two thousand one Dickie Goodman will be the year's first inductee into the Museum of Television and Radio. So there you go. Incredible. (laughs) Thank you. That's really bad. You weren't even invited to the party. (laughs) Museum of Television and Radio. It's incredible. Where's the trophy? Where's the check at? What are you talking about? You need to find where it is and ask him if they can send you one. I mean, that's true. I never thought of that. (laughs) Excuse me. My dad won an award. Can I have proof? (laughs) Well, I'm I'm, I'm texting myself right now a reminder to to, to say, where's my thing? And uh, and hopefully it's at least gold-plated. There you go. John, thank you very much. You have a great night, and hopefully we talk again again in the in the near future. Thank you again. <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Um, oh, and by the way, is there a website? I forgot to ask. Yeah, so uh, there's, there's Goodman dot com. You know, I've got the, the, the website. Okay. And, and then, you know, people could go to YouTube, like you said, or any of their favorite music sites and and, and while they're at it, you know, check out just for fun. Check out my uh, the, the, the newest one because it's titled "Greatest Trump." Right. Somebody likes it because it's titled "Great," but it's not, forget about that. Just ignore the title. But then, like it says, "Find Sauce Part Two, Part Two. Yeah. Find Sauce Part Two, Part Two, Part Two. There That's you go. <laughs> well, again, John, thank you very much. You have a great night. Thank you. All right. Okay. Bye bye. <laughs> John Goodman, the son of Dickie Goodman, the man who did Flying Saucer Part 1 and Part 2. And I actually did come across um, uh, Star Wars that he was talking about. So let's pull this up on the uh, on the old uh, Wayback Machine and let's make sure that we can get it to play for it. You can actually hear what it sounds like, too, because, again, these are classics. 
that you'll never hear anywhere. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Princess Leia has been kidnapped by Darth Vader, Lord of the Evil Galactic Empire. Lord Vader, what did you tell the princess? I just want to be your And what did she say? Lord Vader, what is it really like being an evil creature like you? What I am is what I am. There's the fat little robot, R2-D2. R2, if someone is attacked by Lord Vader, what should they do? Here's R2's robot friend, C-3PO. 3PO, we've got to get help. What are you guys going to do? We're here on the planet Tatooine, where the two robots have just landed. There's Luke Skywalker. Luke, how do you like living on this planet? Suddenly appearing is Ben Kenobi. Ben has a mysterious message for Luke. We're going aboard the spaceship of Han Solo to rescue the princess. Uh, Captain Solo, what could happen to you for helping these rebels? I might get rich, you know I might get busted. Look, there's the Death Star. We're being pulled aboard. Luke and Solo have gone to save the princess. They're shouting at Lord Vader. Solo have rescued the princess. Chewbacca, Solo's hairy first mate, is asking her something. Do you want to make love? They're taking off for the rebel base, which the evil Governor Tarkin is about to destroy. Governor Tarkin, why do you enjoy blowing up planets? Captain Solo and the others have gotten to the rebel base in time. And here come the rebel spaceships. Luke is shouting something. Looks like we made it. He's going to bomb the Death Star. Wait, Luke, I'm still down here. Help! 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 We are here on a spaceship where Darth Vader has just kidnapped Princess Leia. Hey, Vader, what do you want to do with the princess? Just want fool around. Here's C-3PO. 3PO, Darth Vader is coming this way. What are you going to do? 3PO! 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 There's little R2-D2. R2, what have you got to say? We are here on the planet Tatooine, where the two robots have just landed. 3PO, how did you get here? I blew out my flip-flop. R2, what have you got to say? There's Luke and Ben Kenobi. And listen, the Force. We are taking off aboard the spaceship of Han Solo. Chewie, if you could talk, what would you say? You and me and no movie star. We've landed on the Death Star. Luke has rescued the princess. He's whispering something in her ear. I'm your handyman. R2, what have you got to say? They're taking off for the rebel base, which the evil Governor Tarkin is about to destroy. Governor Tarkin, why do you enjoy blowing up planets? But here come the rebel spaceships. Luke is shouting something. Looks like we made it. Hey, R2, what have you got to say? Darth Vader's spaceships are attacking the rebels. But listen. 
Goodman, and uh, we had his son uh, John on the program this evening. Star Wars, I guess, part one. One was called Star Warts, and the other one was called Star Wars. Well, that's going to wrap up a program for another week. We'll be back in uh, with guests next weekend. Let me see who we have next week. We have we have Michelle Blood, then uh, Dan Friedman. He wrote the song Ariel. Will be on the program, and then also former radio announcer Sean Casey about a new song he did dealing with COVID-19. Anyway, folks, I am out of here. You have a great night. We'll talk to you next time here online with yours truly, Bill Alexander. This has been a Million Dollar Baby production. For more information, go to italknet.com. How did we become Central Ohio's most trusted team of orthopedic experts? We focus on what matters most, our patients. At Orthopedic One, we know we're only at our best when we're helping you get better. And every day, your commitment to overcoming pain and injury inspires and moves us. That's why we bring our best every day to earn your trust. Find a physician near you at orthopedicone.com. If you've ever been a renter, you know it's stressful to find a place with everything you love and nothing you don't. But did you know Zillow does rentals? It makes the search so easy. They have filters for pretty much everything, so you can find that place that's in your budget, but also isn't a shoebox. Or a place that's close to your parents, but far enough they have to call first. Plus, it's easy to apply, request tours, and pay rent in the app. Head to ZillowRentals.com and find your sweet spot. Hear that? That's the sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.